Hey everybody, what's going on? James Hill here, and welcome back to another episode of the Talkin' Bucks podcast. We are on episode four of the Talkin' Bucks podcast. Again, I am your host, James Hill. If you are new, I thank you for becoming a new listener to the podcast. I hope you all enjoy, and if you are a returning listener, well, hey, I welcome you back. We have A very fun podcast planned for today. Chris Godwin was franchise tagged by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today as of the recording of this podcast, which is Tuesday, March 8th or March 9th. It's hard to remember days in this day and age or what the date is, I guess I should say, but I do know this. The franchise tag deadline was today. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers brought it all the way up to the wire. Then at 3.50 p.m., 10 minutes before the franchise tag deadline at 4 p.m., it was announced that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be franchise tagging Chris Godwin for the second year in a row. We're going to be talking about that move, what it means for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what it means for Chris Godwin, and what it means for other players that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have as unrestricted free agents and what their potential paths may be going into free agency. So let's go ahead and get started. By the way, if you guys do enjoy this podcast, go leave it a rating on Apple, Spotify, wherever you can leave a rating on it and share it with your friends. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. But Again, let's go ahead and dive into this move, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have franchise tagged Chris Godwin. What does that mean? Well, the first thing that it means is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be giving Chris Godwin $19.2 million, at least for now. If everything stays the same, if Chris Godwin does play on the franchise tag, which we'll talk about that in a moment, Chris Godwin will be making $19.2 million. It went a little bit up considering this is the second year in a row he has received the franchise tag. And let me just get this out of the way first. In terms of overall number, right, $19.2 million. Comparing that to where a lot of people thought Chris Godwin was going to get paid on a long-term deal, it's not that far apart. The talk from NFL media, from Buccaneers fans everywhere, was that Chris Godwin was going to get $18, million, $18.5 million per year on whatever type of long-term contract he signed, maybe with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe with some other team if he really did go leave in free agency. So it's about a million dollars apart, honestly, you know, even less than a million if you want to say he was going to get $18.5 million. So I think in terms of overall price tag, Franchise tagging Chris Godwin a second time is fine in terms of the overall number that Chris Godwin was expected to make. However, I do understand that some people are going to be frustrated, right? Chris Godwin, this is his second year getting the franchise tag. I know a lot of people are going to say, why couldn't they work out a long-term deal? What the heck is going on here? Why couldn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers work out a long-term contract? They had a whole year to negotiate a contract with Chris Godwin, and they did not get it done. And folks, I don't have a clear answer for you. I don't know what goes on in those contract negotiations, the different types of leverages and contract terms that are discussed. Sometimes these types of these types of things comes down to the nitty-gritty, the very, very specific details 
of contracts. That could very well have been a situation in this scenario. A lot of people are also going to point out Chris Godwin. He just tore his ACL very, very late in the year versus the New Orleans Saints for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is that going to look like here in the future? Is Chris Godwin going to be healthy? What is what is going on here? Will he even be good when he comes back? And I point to a quote that Jason Light said at the NFL Combine. I was there at the NFL Combine. I may be doing a entire podcast episode focusing on my experience at the NFL Combine here in the next episode or two, so stay tuned for that. But at the NFL Combine, when speaking to local media, Jason Light was asked about that. You know, Chris Godwin tearing his ACL, recovering from that. Does that affect contract negotiations at all? And to paraphrase Jason Light here, he essentially said, sometimes you just got to bet on the guy. And that is what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing in this instance. They are betting that Chris Godwin is going to be able to return from his torn ACL injury, and he is still going to be one of the top wide receivers in the NFL that all Bucks fans and all people in the Buccaneers organization have come to know and love. And to be honest, I agree with that assessment. I think that the reward is well worth the risk of placing a franchise tag on Chris Godwin, maybe even eventually signing him to a long-term deal. Again, we'll get to that in a moment. And Chris Godwin, I believe, will be able to return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the top wide receivers as he has been since he has entered the league. So again, from the money standpoint, from the gambling on the injury standpoint, those things I think are justifiable. Those things I think are understandable for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in terms of paying Chris Godwin what he is owed and also taking that risk in terms of him returning from his injury. But I do also understand how people are concerned and frustrated with the lack of ability on both sides here to come to an agreement on a long-term deal. But let me say this. Just because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have placed the franchise tag on Chris Godwin does not automatically mean they cannot continue to negotiate a long-term contract, that Chris Godwin will automatically play on the franchise tag this upcoming season. No, that is not even close to the case, actually. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers still have until mid-July, I believe, to continue to negotiate a long-term contract with Chris Godwin. We've seen... Reporters such as Jenna Lane, among other local reporters, say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will continue to try and iron out a long-term deal with Chris Godwin, even though they have already placed the franchise tag on him. We saw this instance a couple of years ago with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the case of Donovan Smith. They franchise tagged Donovan Smith, and then very shortly after that franchise tag, they were able to come to a long-term extension. I believe a couple of weeks after they placed the franchise tag on Donovan Smith, they were able to come to uh, terms on a long-term extension. We very well could see, in fact, in my opinion, I think we will see a very similar scenario play out here with Chris Godwin. It's going to lower his cap number, will increase the ability for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to bring back some more of their own free agents. We'll get to that in a moment as well. And overall, it will be the best scenario for all parties. However, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have placed the franchise tag on Chris Godwin and because the franchise tag deadline has now passed, 
If they do sign Chris Godwin to a long-term extension, they take away that franchise tag, they cannot apply it to anybody else. A guy like Carlton Davis, who a lot of people expected to get the franchise tag this offseason, the Buccaneers cannot place that franchise tag on him now because the deadline has passed. So, it is a little bit of a risk for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to place that franchise tag on Chris Godwin instead of a guy like Carlton Davis, but... Based on everything we've heard, Jason Light, Bruce Arians, they have not wanted to let Chris Godwin go. Bruce Arians came out and said, look, I've had three wide receivers in my entire time as a coach in the NFL who can do the things that Chris Godwin does. Those three wide receivers were Larry Fitzgerald, future Hall of Famer, Heinz Ward, Hall of Famer, and Reggie Wayne. I believe he's a Hall of Famer. In fact, I'm almost positive he's a Hall of Famer. Three Hall of Fame caliber wide receivers. That is who Bruce Arians is comparing Chris Godwin to in terms of what Godwin means to the Buccaneers offense. That is fantastic company and it gives you definitely a big spotlight as to how badly the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians and Jason Light, wanted to keep Chris Godwin around. He was number one easily on their priority list in this offseason in terms of players they wanted to bring back. Now they have done that and they can focus on getting a long-term deal done with Chris Godwin and also focusing on bringing back some more of their players as well. Let's talk about that. Carlton Davis, what's going on with him? He is not going to be getting the franchise tag now. Does this mean he is going to automatically go into free agency? Not necessarily. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers can continue to negotiate with Carlton Davis and all of their unrestricted free agents all the way up until the legal tampering period, which I believe is on March 14th. That is when other, other teams can throw their bids into the ring and try and lure some of these players away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to join their respective teams. So, it's not automatically a foregone conclusion that a guy like Carlton Davis is going to go into free agency, join another team, and he is just automatically gone. No, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can still negotiate with Carlton Davis among all of their other unrestricted free agents as well. Guys like Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, everybody else that you can think of that is on that list, the Buccaneers can still negotiate with them. And I do want to say this though, it is going to be interesting to see what happens with Carlton Davis. There is a report that came out that even if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not franchise tag Chris Godwin before the deadline, they still would not have franchise tagged Carlton Davis. I believe they still are working on a long-term deal if what I have been seeing as reported is accurate, but the Buccaneers may also be willing to let Carlton Davis test the open market and see what other teams have him valued as. That's an incredibly risky move in my opinion, but again, I go back to the NFL Combine. When asked about Carlton Davis, Bruce Arians, hey, he gave some very glowing reviews. He said, look, when he's on the field, he is one of the best corners. I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, when he's out there on the football field, he's a very, very good corner, but can he play all the games in a regular season? That has been the concern involving Carlton Davis, and it's an understandable concern. Carlton Davis has not played a full season of regular season games at any point in his career so far up to this point. Every single year he has played in the NFL, he has missed time due to injury. That is... A little bit of a concern, right? With certain teams, with certain people, it could lower the value of some players. But 
Again, I go back to that quote Jason Light said where he said, sometimes you have to bet on the guy at the NFL Combine. I still think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, want Carlton Davis back. I think they're going to work to get a long-term deal done. It just may take a little bit longer than expected as they want to see what other teams value Carlton Davis at in terms of overall price tag. But again, that's an incredibly risky move. We'll see what happens at the end of the day. They're also trying to bring back guys like Ryan Jensen, like Alex Kappa, like all these other different types of players they need to bring back. Uh, it's going to be an interesting situation. It, it really, really is. But right now, at the very least, we know one guy is going to come back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fully guaranteed 100%, and that is Chris Godwin. For all the concerns that people may be having in regards to cap space concerns now, because, man, Chris Godwin, he's taking up $19.2 million. While that is the case in the immediate sense, it might very well not be the case in the long-term sense. You look at all the things that have been reported. Jason Light wants a long-term deal done with Chris Godwin. Bruce Arians wants a long-term deal done with Chris Godwin. It is going to get done, folks. It's just a matter of taking a little bit more time. And you know what? If they do get a deal done before the legal tampering period... I think that that is still a major win for the Bucks in terms of cap flexibility and also trying to bring back their own players as well because that can lower Chris Godwin's cap hit by $13 million with the way contracts are structured these days with voidable years and all these other different types of salary cap gymnastics and whatnot. Some of the top tier players in the league don't have massive cap hits until later on in their mega contracts that they are getting. I would expect to see a similar thing with Chris Godwin in any type of long-term deal. And then after that, the Buccaneers would work to bring back some of their other players as well. Guys like Ryan Jensen, guys like Carlton Davis, among some of the other players. But where we do have some interesting questions now going into the upcoming offseason, going into free agency, really, next week, folks, is when that is starting, so stay buckled up for that, but where we have some major questions now is regarding, you know, hey, Carlton Davis, how badly do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers want him back? How concerned are they about his injury history? How concerned are they with his overall value or his overall price tag that, his agent may have put on himself, whatever this situation may be, contractually, injury-related, all these other different types of questions now are swirling around Carlton Davis, especially with that report that the Buccaneers wouldn't have franchise-tagged Carlton Davis, even if they didn't franchise-tag Chris Godwin. That was the expectation for a while, that Carlton Davis would just automatically get the franchise tag a little over $17 million, and then things were going to be fine. They were able to going to be able to get a long-term deal done with Chris Godwin, but now you definitely have some more questions revolving around Carlton Davis and what his future holds for the Bucks. Although ultimately, I do think a long-term deal will be done. Things have gotten a little bit more interesting, a little bit spicier here uh, in the early portions of the Buccaneers offseason. Ryan Jensen, he's also high up on that list. I think this also does beg the question as to who is truly number two in terms of bringing back your top guys on the Buccaneers priority list. Is it Carlton Davis? Is it Ryan Jensen? We don't know. We're going to have to wait and figure that one out as well. I still think that Carlton Davis is probably number two on the priority list. Ryan Jensen's probably number three, but it definitely seems a lot closer now based on recent reports that have been coming out. And yeah, I don't think it's as much of a guarantee now that Carlton Davis 
will be coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's created an interesting paradox, an interesting situation here with the franchise tag of Chris Godwin. But folks, you know, we'll just have to be patient. We'll just have to wait and see what the heck happens here going into this upcoming free agency. Before we end this podcast, I do have another, well, it's a blockbuster news. It doesn't necessarily affect the Tampa Bay Buccaneers too, too much, but it is still interesting. The Denver Broncos have traded for Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. The Denver Broncos gave up two first rounders, two second rounders, I believe a third rounder and a fifth rounder, as well as defensive lineman Shelby Harris, tight end Noah Fant, and quarterback Drew Locke for Russell Wilson and a fourth round draft pick. That is the compensation. And let me tell you folks, that is an overall pretty fair trade for both sides, right? Russell Wilson, seems like he wasn't necessarily the happiest in Seattle. I know Pete Carroll came out last week at the NFL Combine and said that they weren't moving Russell Wilson, but they did at the end of the day. And they got a pretty darn impressive haul for whatever rebuild they will be doing. And this pertains to Bucks fans specifically because I know people are going to ask, why didn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers make the trade? And I can understand where people are frustrated. The Buccaneers, they're trying to stay competitive. They want a quarterback. They may still be a quarterback away. Who knows? But there is going to be some frustration there. So what the heck? Why didn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do it? Well, I actually want to give credit here to my colleague, Evan Wanish, who informed me about this. He had uh, seen the reports on social media and online and whatnot that Russell Wilson came out in an interview last week and said he wanted to play on the West Coast. That just automatically removes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the equation just in terms of geography. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the East Coast. uh, The Denver Broncos are on the West Coast, as is the Seattle Seahawks. So, yeah, at least in terms of a geographical, where does Russell Wilson want to play standpoint, Tampa Bay was never going to be an option. Now, Tampa Bay very well may still have placed an offer. I know that there's some people out there who say, hey man, just trust me, trust my sources. I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tried to get Russell Wilson. And, you know, hey, that is what it is. People say they have sources and, you know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And most of the time they don't, in my opinion. So at the end of the day, I don't think very many people know at the end of the day whether or not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did uh, place a big bid for Russell Wilson and we're deep in the hunt, right? But I do agree that I would, I would agree that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm sure made a speculative call saying, Hey, what's going on with Russell Wilson here? You know, maybe an offer was placed. Maybe it wasn't. We don't know, but I'm sure at the very least a call was made. We saw the reports earlier this off season that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to try and take a big swing at a quarterback I'm sure Russell Wilson is one of the top guys on their list, maybe the top guy on their list. But at the end of the day, you know, it was Russell Wilson's decision. He had that no trade clause. He was going to decide decide where he wanted to go, and it wasn't on the East Coast, so that automatically eliminated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the end of the day, regardless of what offer the Buccaneers could have made. If Russell Wilson didn't want to go there because of his no trade clause, he wasn't going to go there, and it's just point blank, simple as that. But you know, it is uh, 
it is still an interesting situation. If the Tampa if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were putting out an offer for that, it shows that they're at least trying to gauge the trade market, see what's going on. I go back to Bruce Arians quote earlier uh, in last week at the NFL Combine when he said the trades are out of the question because it takes two teams to trade. You got to find a trade partner and ultimately there aren't a lot of guys looking to get moved, at least in Bruce Arians' opinion. Now, of course, Russell Wilson just got moved, but you know, hey, we, we don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the league. We don't know what other quarterbacks are going to get moved. It's still going to be a wild, long offseason, and there's still a lot of things that can happen. So let's all just buckle in together, stay along for the ride, and see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do. They got one move done today, bringing back Chris Godwin. Now let's see what they do next. But folks... I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. It was a blast recording it. In the next podcast, I may talk about my time in Indy, but also we may have some more news to talk about as well regarding free agency and all the other moves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may be making. It all depends on when the next time I record, which should be in the next couple of days. So maybe that will be the Indy episode where I talk about my time at the Combine. So stay tuned, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys all enjoyed, and I will see you in the next episode of the Talking Bucks podcast. But until then, and as always, guys, goodbye for now, and go Bucks.